Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Uh, but joining me in studio now is uh, esports videographer uh, Will Slingsby. Will's been covering esports since 2010. In that time, he's been covering the grassroots movements to big international events and a range of video games. Uh, He recently returned from London, where he was filming the Kiwi contingent at the FIFA Global Series. But today he joins us in studio to talk about the future of esports and more. G'day, Will. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for uh, for joining us. Logan's also uh, jumped in the studio as well out of the producer's booth uh, because uh, this is more his bag than mine, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> let's um, let's get into it because there are a few things um, about esports that I think the general public don't maybe get or they'll have a lot of uh, questions about. Uh, one of those things, obviously, that you get all the time will be, is it really sport? Um, and now I know that uh, Sport New Zealand have come out and said, yes, it is, because from a, a tactile point of view, um, it, it, it engages that type of thinking, much like, I guess you would say, chess would, uh, and, and a few other things like that. So um, for people you know, that say to you, is it really sport when you tell them you work in esports, what's your general answer? Um, the only parallel it has from you know traditional sports to esports is, I guess, the teams that are around some of these players. They're um, they're a very traditional sporting structure. So um, teams in like North America and Europe have you know your mental coach, um, people that like monitor their nutrition, put them on diets, take them to the gym, all that good stuff. Um, but end of the day, you're not people aren't wrong like it's not a physical activity as you'd expect like from a rugby or a soccer or any of that stuff but it can get very mentally draining if these guys have to play a three-day tournament they're halfway through it and every game they win is like twenty thousand more dollars in their pocket Mm. so to some of these guys obviously taking it out is the goal but um if you win more you know that's life-changing money. So It's interesting you talk about nutrition at that level um, because, you know, I think most people think gaming, and it's particularly if you're going to binge a big gaming session, you, you tend to see a lot of uh, Red Bull or Monster Energy drinks around. I mean, those probably aren't the best thing if you're in a three-day tournament. No, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> uh, everyone that I've kind of worked with um, over the years, when they're at that kind of one percentile of players playing on the global stage, they're going into these days much like a traditional athlete, you know, they're keeping their um, hydration up, you know, they're not eating like greasy foods, all that type of stuff. And it just, it's just works, you know, like that's what works. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've read a few articles about this, looked into it a bit in terms of the way that it's been um, 
pitched to New Zealand schools now. You know, there, there, there tends, there's, there's big e-sport opportunities for kids in, in high schools. So maybe where you used to go and play first 11 cricket or you played first 11 football or your first 15 rugby or, or, or whatever, uh, those numbers are falling away in terms of at school participation. Um, uh, e-sports is helping, in a way, uh, kids be involved in a, in a team environment of some sort. Do you see a knock-on effect where if I, say, jump in an esports team that is playing, I don't know, NBA 2K, for example, does that then knock on that those kids at, at some point go, you know what, let's go for a shoot-around, and they actually engage in the physical activity by being introduced to the sport via a video game? It's funny you actually bring up um, 2K and FIFA. So they're two really good examples that a lot of these players that are actually playing at a high level play recreational football or basketball. So they've more likely come from like a high school team. Maybe it's just like a rec team or maybe they're in like the the first or second div teams for their school. But um, it's essentially they're just when they're not on the court, they're playing the digital version and then some of these guys realise how good they are and there's a bit of money in there and then they can work their way up. And I know of a couple of streamers that um, used to be like that and then now they've made like streaming a full-time thing and they've made a good chunk of change from that. So Yeah, I mean, the I know like uh, Sean Kaiwai a few years ago is one of the, the outliers from a New Zealand point of view in esports. He won about 200k playing Counter-Strike, right? Um, yep. and, and, and did very well. Uh, and I guess that he's one, he's one story and not everybody's going to be able to go and do that. Uh, but you talked about having those teams like, you know, for example, FIFA. I know in the A-League, all those, all those clubs in the A-League, the Wellington Phoenix had their own esports teams. Um, how is that recruited? And then how does that tie in to the club? Or is it done under the umbrella of, you know, a New Zealand esports uh, national body, if you like? Um, that particular example, so uh, it's called E-League. Um, and it's obviously obviously all the A-League teams that have the esports um, counterpart to it. Um which the group stages actually finished two weeks ago, so we're now in the playoff stages. Um, and that tournament structure, the winner of that or the top three or four placements there actually earn points towards the World Cup at the end of the year. So there's that. Um, in terms of recruiting, I think it's just done off, uh, it would be, what, top 25, 30 rankings in-game. Um, some years they've done previous years when there's been new a new ranking um, for a lot of these players. So not necessarily um, across the board will be the exact, like, precise representation, but it's mainly just top um, 25, 30 in-game that they look at and then they assess, they approach people, um, and then kind of just figure it out from there and sign them for just the duration of the tournament. Because a lot of those players are also signed by... Um, Australian and New Zealand esports teams as well. Can you be? I guess you know, like you know, Jeff Wilson is an example. Played cricket for New Zealand, played rugby for New Zealand, dual international. Can you be a a dual pro? I guess is you know, can you? Is are the skills on uh, on the controller from NBA two K to FIFA to Counter Strike? Uh, are they easily transferable, or do you have to be invested in the sport or whatever it is that you're playing to understand how it works tactically? Yeah, you. I bluntly put, no, you can't do that. That's a very rare thing. And if people are managing to do that, it's probably their main game is 
the more popular one and there'd be games kind of more of a niche and mm. not played by as many people. Um, in terms of the sporting titles, I do, I've met a few people that have managed to juggle FIFA and NBA 2K at the same time um, at a relatively high level, but you can tell when you watch both of them that they're, they stand out in FIFA more than NBA or vice versa. So, mm. When you uh, speak of you know like FIFA and you've got got the E-League there and you, you were recently in, in London for the FIFA Global uh, Series, when you think of the scale of uh, international eSports, how does the likes of FIFA compare to other titles? Um, it's... It's a, uh, it's a lot smaller, definitely. Um, I've covered quite a few games, uh, the more popular ones, right down to very niche titles. Um, FIFA, I'd say, is kind of middle of the pack. But the cool thing about FIFA is they they're more the like they're the one game that actually travels around the world, like the whole globe. Um, a lot of other esports titles generally just go to North America exclusively or Europe for 80% of their time. But FIFA goes to Italy, Spain, London, um, Denmark. There's a couple of events coming up in Denmark in two months. So they actually travel the world and it's like a global kind of sport um, or title compared to like you know, Counter-Strike. Yeah. Uh, and now, I mean, we've had, you know, the Olympics, they tested the waters uh, in Tokyo and what probably we could have called it like a watered down version of a, a, an esports event. It didn't even run alongside the Olympics. It all happened before the opening ceremony. Of course, now Birmingham, uh, the Commonwealth Games, they're running a pilot with, you know, as we mentioned earlier, with the hopes of it going full, full medal event uh, in 2026. But yeah, my question to you though is, you know, do you see this being kind of like a viable option in the future esports being more amalgamated with the Olympics and the Com Games? Um, I, I got to preface this with this is depends who you ask, you're going to get totally different answers. Um, personally, I I like the idea because at the moment you don't have any tournament or tournament structure that is truly global, and what I mean by that is like all regions are involved and every minor country. Um, that used to exist and then it just fizzled out and it just never came back, I guess. But um, the I like the idea. I hope it is successful. Um, it's just a lot of people might be anti it because at the moment, if you're good enough, you can achieve greatness on the global stage, no matter where you're from. Like um, Sean, for instance, was um, he's probably our more notable Counter-Strike export. He's travelled the world, he's done it all, he's been on huge teams, he's earned the salary, all that good stuff. So it is definitely achievable. Um, and it, kind of the tournaments that are held annually from you know your Counter-Strikes, your Dotas, your FIFAs, all that stuff, they hold a lot more prestige than what an Olympic or Commonwealth game medal might hold. So... One of the things that uh, you know really helps the sport in terms of funding and things is having a national body because if you've got a national body in New Zealand that can be recognised by the TAB, they can take betting on it. And if they can take betting on it, then there is a kickback, a percentage of the gross and of the net that gets kicked back to that national body. So how, what is the national body in New Zealand? Does it oversee all the games? And what uh, sort of structures have they got in place to develop New Zealand athletes? Yep, um, we have the NZ Esports Federation. Um, I'm not entirely sure when it became official. Um, I think it might be about two, three years ago. Three, yeah, two or three, three years, years ago. Yeah, three years ago. 
and um, obviously they are spearheading um, our regional qualifiers and our national structure for the Commonwealth Games. Um, so as far as I know, that's their thing at the moment. Um, and just through knowing a whole bunch of other players from other games and all that stuff, they they have reached out at times to help out um, uh, players in transit overseas, like New Zealanders overseas. For instance, I think uh, we had one of our players come back from Sweden middle of last year and he was stuck in MIQ um, and he needed a PC to play out his regional matches, so they delivered the PC to him in MIQ <laughs> That's cool. um, and sorted, sorted it out like that. So, yeah, it's definitely there um, and I think they're moving towards figuring out and building up that regional structure that you might see in high schools um, to put in those programs in place to, you know, find talent at an early age and kind of foster that and make sure... You know, it's done correctly from high school right to when they become professional, I guess. Now, most of the sports, well, the esports we've talked about have been very sort of what, I guess, PlayStation, Xbox, you know, sort of driven. I remember a few years ago uh, there was a thing called Wii, right, where you could actually play the sports and you had the handle and you actually had to stand up and do the movements, right, whether it was tennis or whatever it happened to be. Is Wii still a thing? Because it feels to me like as as somebody who wants to watch it, watching somebody play Wii tennis would be way more fun than watching somebody play Wii Fortnite, uh, play Fortnite, for example. I almost feel like I want to answer this (laughs) because I'm the Nintendo guy here. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's Nintendo Switch Sports out now, which is basically the new version of Wii Sports. You should see me trying to play uh, Switch Sports tennis. I'm very, very competitive and put on a sweat. And I agree with that. I mean, I think something like that would be cool. Um, I think it would make a great kind of spectator sport in this kind of realm of esports and trying to get people in. And I mean, I guess the, the thing that I've been wondering, Will, is with, you know, you mentioned that you don't really need things like the Com Games or the Olympics to make it as an esports athlete. So it's probably more around the fact that maybe the Com Games and the Olympics need esports more to try and attract, you know, the new generation as things kind of move into what people are into these days. So do you think this is a good way to try and get, I guess, your average Joe uh, or, you know, Jolene into esports? Yeah, I do. Um, At the moment, the game selection for the Commonwealth Games this year is, it's, it's kind of like 50-50. Um, the big plus for me is that they have Rocket League in it, and Rocket League, I personally feel, is the near-perfect... What is Rocket game. League? Rocket League is soccer with rocket-propelled cars, as crazy as that sounds. Okay. It's, it's a, a team of three rocket cars booting the ball up and down the pitch and scoring goals. Um, but watching that and understanding that at like the level these guys are playing at, at the top it's just a whole nother game um and because they're just their technical skills just off the charts right like i can't even perform half of the stuff in game mm. that they're doing um and it's it's i would actually compare rocket league to a game of chess they have to think you know x amount of steps forward because the ball's in the air they're doing their cars are propelled and hung in the air booting the ball around mid-air and all that stuff trying to score goals and yeah, it's 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 near. It's closer to the actual sport of soccer. Mm. Therefore, a lot of people that don't know understand esports, they know what soccer is. Mm. Yeah, just replace the team of players with cars. three cars, <laughs> a load of rocket propelled. Um, so, just before we we wrap here, Will, 
You mentioned at the start there are you know pro teams, pro leagues overseas. I guess like you know NBA or MLS or, or whatever it happens to be that have their esports teams, their e league teams, and and they have mental coaches and they have nutritionists. How far away from that level are we for the top players here in New Zealand, or what sort of support is there for someone who wants to become an e athlete here? Um, the it's very early days. Um, there's what needs to be done is. Um, develop those structures at a grassroot level um, in high school and if earlier, the better, but that needs to be established before all that stuff comes Um, just because when you get to that level, there's like millions of dollars being poured into it and that money just isn't quite there yet. Um, There's been a couple of traditional sporting teams here that have branched out into esports. I... I can't tell you exactly why they aren't around anymore, but I think you, the esporting crowd can, um, you don't want to get in, annoy them, and then get out because once you annoy them, there's no flipping them mm. back t- on your side. So, yeah, it's uh, they can sniff out kind of the BS really quickly. Um, but to answer your question directly, it's I feel like it's, five to ten years um, where we actually might start to see, you know, the credited classes in and amongst high schools where it's a Valorant team, a FIFA team or an NBA duo um, actually earning kind of like credits for. It's kind of surprising to me because, I mean, we're already seeing now, you know, like in US colleges and stuff, they invest so heavily into all that kind of things. And, you know, they've created state-of-the-art facilities. They're attracting, um, you know, high school kids to their colleges with scholarship programs and stuff because they want a viable career in esports. Is it really going to – you think it really is going to take that long for New Zealand to catch up? Yep. Um, Yeah, the money's not quite there and – we just need to get those structures in place before anything else comes along. Yeah, well, good stuff. Well, thanks for coming in, man, and giving us some uh, insight and some time. If somebody needs to uh, jump online and look something up to get some more information or find out where to get in touch with um, people that can help them that are uh, to get involved, where's the best place to go? Oh, I'll just say if you jump on the NZ Esports Federation website, they've got all the direct links to the discords, all that stuff that can have all those people directing you in the right places. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.